Luke chapter 6 from verse 1 And it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the cornfields and his disciples plucked the ears of the corn and did eat rubbing them in their hands and certain of the Pharisees said unto them Why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? And Jesus answering them said, Have ye not read so much as this, what David did, when he himself was and hungered, and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God, and did take and eat the shewbread, and gave also to them that were with him, which it is not lawful to eat, but for the priest alone. He said, unto them that the Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. I'm going to switch to New Living Translation and that way it will be easier for everyone to understand. I'm going to go to verse 5 and read from there. And Jesus added, The Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Verse 6 On another Sabbath day a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of the religious law, teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with a deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? Verse 10. He looked around at them one by one and they said to the man, and then said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. I'm going to stop right here. We see two sections here. One section is how the disciples of Jesus, while Jesus was with him, Pluck the corn, the grain, and they eat it on the Sabbath. And we see the Pharisees looking at them and they're criticizing and they're trying to find fault with Jesus and his disciples. So, why are these people eating? Why are they? taking the corn from the plant that is there and they consider it like it's harvesting, working and they're saying why are these people doing this on the Sabbath? Jesus Christ who is the Lord of the Sabbath is standing there before these people these people had no revelation of who Jesus was not only that, they were actively working against Jesus Christ. The Bible says, if you're not for him, then you're against him. The disciples who were with Jesus Christ were for him. They were with him. When we are for him, we will be with him. The Pharisees were spectators critics, accusers who were not for him but were against him. So their whole intent was how can we find fault with Jesus? How can we find fault with Jesus? Many people who are not for the Lord, they're against the Lord, will always try to find fault with God's people. How can we find fault with God's people? The Bible says, 
Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. He'll always accuse. He'll always accuse God's people. What will he accuse them of? He'll accuse them of doing something wrong when they did something right. Write this down. Satan will falsely accuse God's people. Satan will falsely accuse God's people. When they did something right, he will say, Oh, what you did is wrong. Satan will always try to find fault with God's people. If you look at Daniel's life, Daniel was a man who prayed three times a day. He was someone who had the windows open in his house towards Jerusalem and prayed without fear. His heart was connected to the living God. He didn't care who would say what. It was Babylon. It's not in Israel. It was in Babylon. He had the windows open towards Jerusalem and he prayed. He was someone who longed to talk with his heavenly father. And his heavenly father was always there for him. But those who were not for the Heavenly Father were not for Daniel. They are against the Heavenly Father, therefore they are against Daniel. So what did they do? They wanted to find fault with Daniel. See, we as God's people should be blameless before God and man. If someone try to find fault with us, it should be for righteousness sake. The Bible says, blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake. And they falsely say false things about you. The Bible says, rejoice, be exceedingly glad. Great will be your reward in heaven. If you get accused for wrongdoing, then, then you are rightly being accused of but if you are accused of doing something wrong when you did something right, then God's glory rests on you. That's what the Bible says. So there are times when God will allow people to come and say false things about us. God will allow people. God is not causing people, but God will allow people who are working with the devil, who come and say false things, they will come and try to hurt or harm God's people. Why? Because God in His sovereign plan has marked out God's glory upon the lives of God's people through this path of suffering. So when a child of God suffers for righteousness sake, that means a child of God is being falsely accused of something that they never did or they mistreated for being righteous. Then the Bible says God's glory will rest upon them. What a way to receive God's glory. If people can only understand the glory of the path of the cross. It's an honor to suffer for the sake of the truth and not because we did something wrong so the accuser of the brethren Satan will always try to accuse God's people falsely falsely not that oh, you did something wrong so Satan is saying oh you did something wrong no if you repented of something and Satan brings something before the father and says, oh, he did this 20 years ago, or she did this 10 years ago, or he did this 15 days ago, but you really thoroughly repented, then we have Jesus Christ who intercedes. On behalf of those who have repented, not on behalf of those who are in presumptuous sin, we have to understand the intercession from Jesus Christ comes on behalf of those who have repented. Now the enemy comes and he falsely accuses. 
Jesus Christ is there. His blood is there. Repentance is a prerequisite to be righteous. When we repent, then the blood of Jesus Christ forgives us, cleanses us from all our sins and unrighteousness. So, Satan, who is the father of lies, who falsely accuses God's people, he goes into people who are against God and he will move them to falsely accuse God's people. Try to find fault with God's people, cause trouble for God's people. That's what happened here. Jesus and his disciples were there. The disciples were with Jesus. And who is coming and accusing the disciples of Jesus? Satan through the Pharisee. The Pharisees who were against Jesus and were for Satan. Every time when Satan comes to Jesus, you'll always see Jesus Christ counter him with scriptures. We need to be like that. Jesus was not standing there and having vain argument. But he always used the scriptures. God's people need to know the scriptures. Without knowing the scriptures, how are we going to use the scriptures? It's so important to know the word of God and to skillfully use the word of God. The Bible says that. We need to know the word of God and skillfully use the word of God. So Jesus says over here, verse 3, Haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry. What did David do? David was a king and David was a prophet also. David was a man of God. Many of his psalms, when we see, has prophecies concerning Jesus Christ. David was a man of God. A man after God's own heart when he walked with God now Jesus he's bringing out David here when David was walking with God and he says how David when he and his companions were hungry haven't you read what he did he went into the house of God and he ate the the showbread only the priests can eat. He also gave some to his people who are with him. And we must understand the key point in verse 4 is David went into the house of God. He did not go and break into the house of God and go and grab some um, sanctified bread there and eat on his own. If you go back to the Old Testament, you will see, he'll go and he'll talk to the priest there. And the priest will give him the bread. And he will receive the bread from the priest, and then he would give to his people who were there. There's an order that's there. Who led him there? Who led David there to the house of God? Who led David there to the priest of God? It was the Spirit of God that was upon David. David was an anointed servant of God. It was the Spirit of God who led David to go to the house of God to see the priest of God and to receive the bread from the hand of the priest. And then he gave that to his people also. What's the similarity here? What is Jesus talking about? Why is Jesus bringing this passage here? 
just like how David went to the priest and everything was done according to the leading of the Holy Spirit the disciples are with the high priest here Jesus Christ the priest of all priests they are with him and while they are with him they are taking the the grain and they are eating Jesus Christ is with them bigger than the priests bigger than the Old Testament priests one who is the chief priest he's the chief priest of all chief priests he's with the disciples but the Pharisees were not for him they were against him when did David go and get this bread from the priest when Saul was after him he had someone who was not for him not for the Lord was against God and against him it was at that time the spirit of the Lord led him straight into the house of God and he received the bread from there and was given by God to him and to his people because they were doing the will of God it's very important for us to be in the will of God and to do the will of God when we do the will of God God himself will stand with us God himself will lead us God himself will feed us God himself will provide for us God himself will defend us Jesus Christ is standing here as the creator God defending David because David did the right thing Jesus Christ is standing here as the creator God defending his disciples because the disciples did the right thing they didn't just leave Jesus and go somewhere else hunting for food and going after food no these were serving God they've given up everything to follow Jesus Christ and they're with the creator God the Lord of the Sabbath we must understand this if we are with him and he is with us he will lead us into all truths we can never go wrong Jesus Christ will defend you Jesus Christ will provide for you Jesus Christ will protect you Jesus Christ will preserve you Jesus Christ will save you from the accuser the devil Jesus Christ will intercede for you as your advocate and he will stand up for you protect you and defend you from the accuser Satan may God strengthen you this morning and cause you to understand the importance of being with Christ if you are with him he'll be with you if you go wherever he goes he will be there for you Jesus said my sheep they hear my voice and they follow me when we follow him and when we are with him no wild beast can come near us when we are under the care of the good shepherd the Lord Jesus Christ nothing can come near us no one can harm us no matter who may rise up against us as God's word says they will come through one way but they will run they will flee through seven different ways if God allows the enemy to come through one way it is for God to scatter him through seven different ways God has his reasons valid reasons as to why he would give permission to the enemy he gave permission for Saul to chase after David 
But he gave David what he needed, provided him with the bread, provided him with the protection, provided his people who are with him with bread, and provided him the divine protection against the enemy. That's what God will do for his people when we are faithful to God. We say, Lord, I'll follow you no matter where you go. Lord, I'll follow you no matter how the path may appear. God promises us. God promises us that He will be with us. He will defend us. He will provide for us. He will protect us. He Himself will provide for us. That's what He did for David. God provided for David. God provided for David from his bread, from his house, because David served the living God. If you serve the living God, yes, the enemy, he can try, he can come after us. But you know what? God will be there for us. God will defend us. God will give us the victory. David was not running for his life all his life. No. Time came when the enemy was stopped. A time came when David was crowned. A time came when David served God according to the call of God that God had upon his life. So have this before you. If God be for me, who can be against me? If Jesus is with you and you're with Him, if you're with Him, He'll be with you. He will protect you. He will provide for you. He will defend you. He will defend you from the accuser. He will speak for you. He will fight for you. And it's important For God's people to know the word and to skillfully use the word of God. It's important for God's people to be like David. When the enemy came after him, he ran to the house of God. He ran to the priest of God. He ran to the bread of God, the word of God. And God help us to be such people. Not be afraid of the enemy, but to go to the Lord for everything. To go to the presence of God, to go to the Word of God. Receive everything from the hands of God Almighty. Then we'll fulfill the will of God. Those who look to Him, the Bible says, their faces were radiant. Their faces never put to shame. May God bless us this morning. I want to just take you to one more section here for a few minutes. Let's go to verse 6. On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. This is another Sabbath day. Someone who had a physical problem He was disabled. He had a deformed right hand. And he was in the synagogue. Jesus was there. He was teaching. Now again we see verse 7. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Again you see the enemy here. Interfering with the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're really doing God's work, then you will have opposition. If you're not doing God's work, then you really won't have opposition because Satan is not afraid of you. Satan will actually try to make you feel good to keep you in a foggy state of mind until everything comes crumbling down and the person ends up in hell. 
But when we are truly serving the Lord, every time we are serving God, we'll have the enemy trying to see, how can I get this person? You can't get this person to sin. You can't get this person to do anything wrong. So how can I falsely accuse? And how can I get this person down? That's what the enemy will try. He will try. He can try all he wants, but when we have God by our side, we have nothing to fear. When we have nothing to hide, we have nothing to fear because the one whom we serve will stand by our side to testify, to defend us, to show his power. So there's a second section that the Lord has given to us this morning to show how the powers of darkness, they work, they operate. And Jesus and his disciples, that was like the close circle of the Lord Jesus Christ. The family of God. The enemy was trying to accuse. Oh, you're eating this. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, this. Meanwhile, the Lord of glory is with them and he's the one who's providing for them. And he is coming here now. He tried to accuse them when they are away from ministry but they just finished and exhausted trying to accuse. Jesus, the Lord of glory, defended his people. Now he is ministering. He's coming there and he is trying to accuse, interfere with the work of God. Know this for sure. If your life is Shining as a light before God. The enemy will try in your private life. He'll try while you're serving God. Because he can't sit still, you see. He is called the accuser of the brethren. So he'll try to see, how can I find fault? And how can I mess things up? How can I mess things up at home? How can I mess things up in church? How can I mess things up? That's what the enemy will try all the time. We have Jesus Christ who's with us when we're at home. We have Jesus Christ with us when we are outside our home, when we are ministering as well. Every believer should have that assurance. My private life, Jesus Christ is there. When I'm outside, in the public, Jesus Christ is there. That my life is clear before God. Clear conscience before God and man. Jesus Christ himself will defend you. He will defend you when the accuser comes. When you are with your family, he will come and defend you when you are outside with other people who are not just your family. No matter where the enemy tries to come and cause problems, Jesus Christ will show up for his people who are faithful to him, who are with him all the time. So these people who are moved by the devil... They are watching Jesus closely and they're saying, how can we find fault with him here? How can we mess up his ministry? How can we just come and cause a public shame over here? So they're saying, if he healed a man's hand, they said. Because that's all they can do. When Jesus does something good, they'll try to find fault with Jesus because he's never going to do anything wrong. Just like with Daniel. The Babylonians, some of them, who were with him in the palace, who wanted to bring him down. They said, we need to find something to accuse him. We cannot accuse him of anything else because he has a very clean record. So let's accuse him of his prayer life that's what they did with Jesus they couldn't find fault with anything in the life of Jesus because he had such a clean record they said oh he's going to heal because he's very compassionate right when he sees someone hurting he's going to heal them so when he does that healing work we'll find fault with him because oh it's a Sabbath day May God help us to understand how the enemy works so that 
You don't give in to discouragement. Sometimes, some people's focus is all the time on the devil. Oh, when I go home, the devil is there. When I go outside, the devil is there. They forget that Jesus is there with them. Yeah, the devil is there, but is Jesus with you or not? If Jesus is with you, then your focus should be Jesus Christ. Not the devil. The devil is there, yeah. Yeah. But greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. It's important not to look at the winds and the waves. Yeah, winds and the waves are there. For the one who calms the calms the storm, the one who has power over the winds and the waves, is he with you or not? If he's with you, all you need to do is turn to him. He will take care of your matters. He will take care of that which is troubling you. He will defend you. He will speak up for you. He will provide for you. He will get you out of trouble. Don't fear trouble. Don't panic. Don't fear the devil. Submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Jesus, verse 8 says, knew their thoughts. He said to the man with a deformed hand, Come, stand in front of everyone. Why? Because he wanted everyone to see, especially the Pharisees and the people who were there, were there, who wanted to find fault with Jesus. Let them see. Let them see who God is. God is a God of compassion. God is a God of compassion. That's why Jesus said so beautifully that Good Samaritan story. The Levite went his way, the priest went he went his way. They were all so self righteous. They said, Oh, we can't touch this, oh we can't stop here, we can't do this, but the Good Samaritan he stopped there. And he did what he had to do, which was to love his neighbor just like how he would love himself. That's what Jesus did here. He knew how broken this man was. He was not going to let him stay in the condition for another day. If you have a problem, bring it to Jesus Christ. He is the most compassionate God in the entire world. Anywhere you can ever find. Don't be troubled about your troubling situation, God says. But take your troubling situation to Jesus Christ. Who has the power over it. He alone has the power over it. He has the compassion. And He has the power to solve all our problems, to hear all our cries, to wipe all our tears away. He alone has the power and the heart to do that. And so Jesus looks at this man and he says, Come, stand in front of everyone. Very important to note. Well, the man didn't say, Well, this is the Sabbath day today. Jesus, I'll come here tomorrow. Do this for now. No, 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 no. When God is about to do something in your life, it is so important to sense what God is about to do. We have to be very careful to pay close attention to what the Spirit of the Lord is doing and not become religious and miss what God is about to do in our midst. Religious spirit is a very deadly spirit. We need to be spiritual people who listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and not let a dead religion lead us. Many people get lost in a religious feeling and they completely miss out on what God is doing. These Pharisees were lost in religion. The way they consider the Sabbath is not even from God. That's what legalism is. Legalism is binding human beings with commandments and with burdens that God never gave. Legalism is not obeying God's commandments, but 
binding a person to something that is not of God, placing a burden upon a man or a woman, which is not of God. That's what legalism is. Man-made commandments, man-made traditions that never came from God. Whatever God says is good for us, it's never going to be burdensome. God's word says, His commandments are not burdensome. So Jesus, here, knowing the intent of the Sabbath law that was given, the one who fulfills every command of God, is standing there. He says in verse 9, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? What is Jesus saying here? He's asking them this question. What are you guys talking about? What are you talking about? This is not what the law is about. What is the law about? Law, law is about doing the will of God on the Sabbath day. Just do good. But what are they doing? They want the sick person to stay sick on the Sabbath. They don't want him to get well. When a person is staying sick, he's being bound by the enemy. Who is actually the Lord at that time? It's the enemy. When someone gets healed, what happens? They are liberated from that enemy that has been holding them hostage to that illness, to that disorder, to that bondage. It's a bondage. Sickness is a bondage. So on the Sabbath day, to release that person from the sickness is a good thing. Guess what? No one can do that apart from God. Who can heal? Only God. So the healing is taking place. That means God who gave the Sabbath is at work. He's doing good on the Sabbath day. But you know what? These people completely missed everything because their heart was not right. The Spirit of God through Apostle Paul says there's some people who have a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof. We need to be people full of compassion. God's compassion. We need to be people full of God's love. When you see someone broken, when you see someone lost, when you see someone in need, we need to be people of compassion. And we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God who is upon Jesus Christ led Jesus Christ to do this miracle on that day. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. As David was led by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple of God. Jesus was led by the Spirit of God on the Sabbath day to come to the temple of God over here and to Heal the sick. So he's demonstrating something. He says, I'm going to show you guys what you need to be doing on the Sabbath day. This is what you should be doing. This is what every church should be doing. This is what the house of God should be doing. Bring healing to those who are oppressed of the enemy. Bring restoration Physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing, financial, relational. All kinds of healing our God does in the house of God. That's what needs to take place in the house of God. Not bound people are bound, coming back, home bound, going bound every week, coming home bound, going back to the House of God bound, coming home bound. No, 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 no. Is Jesus Christ there or not is the question. If Jesus Christ is there, oh, 
He does miracles. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's liberty. There's freedom. There's freedom. For He came to set the captives free. So verse 10 says, He looked around at them one by one and then said to them, said to the man, Hold out your hand. That was a command. Stretch forth your hand. Or hold out your hand. He's telling the man to do something that the man was not able to do. This man had a withered hand. Deformed hand. What is God saying here? The creator God. He's giving this man a task. He's telling him, stretch forth. I know that your hand is withered. I know your hand is deformed. Stretch forth. What did the man do? The man took the first step when Jesus said, come over here. He came there. Now he is doing the next step that Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. Oh, he did that. When he did that, his hand was restored. Very important. This is very important. The man had faith and humility to receive his miracle. If we want to see God do miracles in our lives, we need to have faith and humility. Humility and faith. He humbled himself when Jesus called him. He went to Jesus Christ with expectation. He was intently listening to what Jesus said. When Jesus said, hold out your hand, he held out his hand with expectation. He was not a man with a critical spirit and thinking about, oh, what everybody will think about me if I stretch forth my hand and my hand is withered hand and it's so embarrassing and he's asking me to stretch forth that withered hand and, oh, no, no. He was a man full of humility and excitement because he was looking forward to his hand being restored. He trusted in Jesus Christ. He knew that Jesus will never let me down. He will never embarrass me in front of people. Jesus is going to do something good for me. How many of us have that faith? How many of you can just go into the presence of God knowing that He's never going to turn you down? He's never going to let you down. When God tells you to do something, how many of you will? Trust Him and simply do it. Even if it appears like, oh, it's going to be embarrassing. Those are the things that Satan will say because he knows if you would just obey God, then the miracle is going to take place. So the man held out his hand. That was it. It was restored. It was restored. It was restored. How can you be in front of Jesus Christ and not be restored unless you don't have the faith and humility to obey Him? Jesus went to His hometown And he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief and their pride. They said, who is this man? We know him already. That's how much pride they had. And that kept them from believing what God could do for their lives. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts at this hour. And the Spirit of the Lord is drawing attention to these two instances in the Bible, causing us to Take a close look at the life of Jesus. No matter how the enemy tried to come and interfere with the plan of God in his life, be it his personal life or his ministry, he knew how to handle it skillfully. He knew how to Handle the enemy skillfully through the word of God. 
and by listening to the Spirit of God and doing what the Spirit of God was leading him to do, being led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be people of God who are led by the Spirit of God, who skillfully use the Word of God, who will have the humility and faith to receive the miracle that God has for us and to be like how Jesus was never be moved by what the enemy did no matter how many times the enemy came he knew how to handle the enemy his focus was not the enemy his focus was to do the will of God. Jesus was an unstoppable force of love. What are you today? In this world, with the life that God has given you, can you be like that unstoppable force of love? Unstoppable force of God through the Spirit of God. But how many times the enemy may come to accuse you. If you are with God, if you are with God, God will be with you. He will defend you. He will provide for you. He will protect you. And He will do a miracle for you. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Our compassionate Father. Our compassionate God of heaven and earth. The only one who knows the end from the beginning, who sees the end from the beginning. The only one who can understand our thoughts, who sees our ways. The only one, the only one, the only one. We come before you, Lord, fully knowing that we are just dust before you. Fully knowing our limitations, we come to you. Desperately needing your mercy and your grace. Desperately needing your guidance for this day. Desperately needing your power for this day. Father, I ask you, Lord, that you bless your people. Whatever may come their way, may they have the assurance that you are with them. May they have the assurance that you will stand up for them that you will defend them. May they never give ear to the voice of the accuser. But they may always go to the word of God. May your people fill themselves with your word, O Father. May your power dominate every area of their lives, O Lord. That they may know that the God whom we serve is able to deliver us and He will deliver us. Hallelujah. There's no doubt about it. He has the power and He has the heart to heal and to deliver. Thank you, Jesus. So I pray that you bless your people, Lord, this morning. 
fill them with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Let them know, let them know that their Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. I ask you, Lord, that you will empower them this day to accomplish what you want them to accomplish, O Lord. Hallelujah. They always understand and remember how big you are, how great you are. No matter how big the giant may appear, you're much bigger than any Goliath that's out there. Hallelujah. So cause your people, Lord, to place their faith in you and in your faithfulness. That they may overcome every obstacle and become giants in faith. Giants in humility. Giants in the love of God. So I bless them, Lord, as your servant with this blessing for this day. That every brother, every sister, every child who's in the car may have this total understanding of the love of God, of the power of God, the sovereign plan of God to protect, to defend, to provide God's people. And thereby totally yield themselves to the Holy Spirit and live a life of total surrender to the one who gave his all for them. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.